Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Life Undefined. My next guest is someone I consider to be a badass chick. She's intelligent, witty, and can hold her own against pretty much anyone that crosses her path. And as with many strong-willed and determined people, she's been through her fair share of challenges, but has chosen to now navigate the world from a place of knowing loving yourself means putting your needs, desires, and goals first and foremost. Please welcome Sarah Freeze to the show. Hey, girl. Hello. <laughs> so just to kind of put this out there, we met through my husband, who you used to work with. And um, during that time, and I don't know if it's still the same in your new position, but it was a pretty male-dominated department. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know, but um, I don't know how you were able to hang with some of those dudes and all that testosterone. So just quickly before we get into it, kind of tell me what that's like. Since I'm in a totally female-dominated profession, what is that like working with all those guys? Right. So, yeah, I guess... um I guess my personality lends itself to working in, in that kind of environment. I um, I wasn't a particularly girly girl as a kid, and I definitely haven't been much of a, a feminine soul, I guess, my whole life. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do tend to assimilate better with males. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, I guess they wear their balls in one place and I just wear mine in the other, you know what I mean? So it's, we just, I love that. a little different, but pretty much the same. From one tomboy to another, I do love that. I can definitely appreciate that. So, um, well, we became friends, you know, through, through my husband and I started following you on Instagram and I think that was when you were in the process of getting divorced, right? which is a huge challenge in itself and just all the things that come along with that kind of just talk about like that experience and how you know how you you got through that or what just what was your that your process in dealing with that huge challenge right so we had been married or together rather would probably be safer to say we had been together for a total of eight years um married for I think half of it and um he had three kids uh two of which lived with us and um we ended up separating right at the end of 2019. And I, th- I think that the universe has a, a sense of humor and, and kind of a, an eye to the future because we separated right before COVID started and everything locked down. And so I think that that was probably not a bad thing because if you were trapped in the house with someone that you probably shouldn't be with anymore, I, you know, like I think they made a movie about that back in the 90s, like <laughs> The War of the Roses or something. I don't know. But yeah, so we separated um, and I had moved in uh, to an apartment and then COVID happened and just the world shut down and my the apartment complex that I had moved into I had picked it because they had an amazing gym right like I like to work out at that point um the gym was kind of the big draw there and then they shut the gym down and so then I was like locked in this tiny little apartment um going through a divorce when nobody was allowed to talk to each other or be in the same room or whatever you know whatever whatever um so yeah it was a it was interesting trying to figure out how to navigate isolation, for lack of a better term, and, you know, going through the divorce process. And it wasn't a normal divorce, you know, because obviously there was no um, interaction or, you know, whatever. And then there was a lot of things that had happened that probably wouldn't be considered positive. You know, I think that maybe um, in hindsight, certain parties could have acted a little bit nicer but that didn't happen right and so it it was kind of funky there for a while and it was a bummer because there were kids involved right they weren't my children but I had been you know involved in their lives and so I didn't get to see them um, in the capacity that I'd hoped for one because of you know just kind of the 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 adult issues and then the other was because it was like okay is COVID real you know like am I am I going to put them at risk by being there Mm -hmm. Um, and so trying to be you know cognizant of that too. So um, just to kind of go back with the kids, you you know, you did say he had children from a previous relationship, and you, from the time I had known you, you were, you know, their stepmom, but pretty much their mom, right. you know, their mother figure. Um, how, how was that in that whole process? I mean, usually, that's usually not typical. It's usually, you know, a woman right. goes off with her kids, she's getting a divorce, and, you know, but this was just a totally different situation. Right, and yeah, you're absolutely right, you know, and it's kind of odd because um, 
it is the other way, right? And so trying to, to find resources or navigating that um, particular makeup, I guess, if you will, of a situation was a little bit different. You know, usually it is the mom taking the kids and, and heading out, um, whereas at this point it was just me heading out. Um, and so it was very difficult. It was very difficult to not be able to see the girls. Um, and it was hard to not be able to explain. You know, and at first it was I couldn't see them just based on kind of the behaviors that were being displayed um, by, the, uh, by their dad. But then after that it became like, okay, now we can see each other again. How do we move through this? You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was it wasn't easy. You know, but then there was COVID, like you yeah, said, <laughs> there was COVID. So it's like, how do we socially distance, spend time together? Um, so know. where does that like stand now? Is it has it um, just? I actually what? had breakfast with them this morning. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. Um, so the older one is older, right? She's got her car. She's got her boyfriend. She has a job. She's high school. You know, this is her coming to her senior year. So she's she's busy all the time. Um, and Haley, you know, so I'll try and pick up Haley and see her when I can. My schedule's kind of screwy right now with school and work and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I've gotten myself into a few different activities that take time. Um, but I try and see them when I can. And, and, you know, the relationship between their father and I isn't a hundred percent, but he's much more kosher than he was at the beginning. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's much better than it was. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because, um, just because in in the few times that I spent around you guys, you know, you seemed like, you know, you were just a great mom, really involved with them. Um, and one of the bad things of working with a bunch of dudes is that uh, I can't get any info from my husband. He just, you know, if, <laughs> if, like, I have, <laughs> if I have issues going in my life, you can guarantee the girls at my work are going to know exactly what the hell's going on. But with guys, which he loves and cares about you, right? but doesn't ask oh, and doesn't know. So I'm stuff. like, uh, hello, can you get me some info? Like, I'm, you know, I'm concerned. I'm, you know, this is a lot for her, but right. yeah. So I'm glad to, to hear that because, you know, I had I had no idea. And, and um, I'm just glad that you guys are able to continue that yeah. relationship because that would have been really traumatic on both ends to just be completely cut out of each other's lives. Right, which is what I wasn't really hoping wouldn't happen, but it's kind of one of those things where it started looking like that was going to be the resolution to the situation. And so it was like, okay, start kind of like processing and coming to terms with, okay, this is the worst case scenario. What is that going to look like? And, you know, is that something that has to happen? Then, okay. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? So, yeah, it was a a trip. Definitely. So it's COVID. You're isolated on your own for the first time in like, how long? A long time, <laughs> almost over, over almost over a decade. Yeah. So what was what was that like for you? And like, what were you, what was going through your mind? What were you doing during that? You know, you're processing a divorce during yeah. the pandemic. So the funny thing is, and like I'm like if anyone that knows me from you know childhood on, I have very specific personality traits. One of them is I'm a fixer, right? So if something's wrong, I'm going to fix it, right? And that's people, situations, whatever, which has been invaluable in my work life. But um, personally, it can be kind of a clusterfuck to navigate, especially when you have a lot of people around you that need help. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. And then like, I don't just sit by and let things happen and that's part of my, my personality and, and, and it can be part of my shadow side too if I don't keep it in check where it's like okay well I'm going to figure this out right like there's no reason for me to sit here and, and be scared um, you know and, and I can be very I guess pragmatic or stoic in that because there was a lot of things that happened to me throughout my childhood and into my early adulthood I think that caused me to develop kind of a stoic approach to stuff honestly I mean I don't know how else to say it but it's just kind of like yeah like you know shit's hitting the fan and I'm just like okay that's fine so how do we fix it or what do we do you know and so it's like the world's like falling apart around me and I'm just like all right well what can I control you know I can control me I can't control what's happening in the world around me um so it's like all right well the gym has shut down I have to continue to be physical because I can't just sit on my couch so it was like trying to figure out how to navigate that. Um, at the same time, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just go outside, whatever. Uh, the Bighorn Fire started. Mm. And where I was living, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm so close to Mount Lemmon. I can just drive right up there. And then the mountain was on fire, and they shut the A mountain blaze. down. So yeah. I was like, cool. And that means I can't go outside anymore. So then I'm like, okay, so now I have a 600-square-foot apartment and a balcony that's, you know, whatever. It's like super small I think it was less than like six feet by four feet it was just a little tiny balcony and so um 
I had done some research online and found a, a workout programming uh, that was built for people at home with, you know, minimal to whatever, if you have all the equipment. And uh, you could scale it based on what, what you had. And so when I had moved into the apartment, I had a, a pair of 15-pound dumbbells and a pull-up bar, and that was it. Um, and so I started working out on my porch, and I'm pretty sure that, because I was on a second-floor apartment, I'm pretty sure that the neighbors thought I was crazy, but... Uh, but yeah, I just, I couldn't just sit there, you know, I don't own a TV, I don't believe in having a TV. In oh my wow, house. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I don't own a TV, people think I'm crazy. So it's like, I I just couldn't foresee taking something like as scary as a pandemic and letting it just completely stop my life. Um, so yeah, I just started working out and then um, the company that I work for offers tuition reimbursement um, and so they recently changed the program so it's fully covered and uh, I had gotten my bachelor's from through the same program not fully covered they changed it which I was kind of bummed about that always happens right, right after you're done they're like oh <laughs> like, we'll help you and we'll pay for right. free I was like you want to cover the rest of my student loans from the last yep. one um, but yeah so no I was like well there's really nothing going on you know it was May by that time and uh, I was like okay well I'm going to just go ahead and start my master's degree because what else are you going to do it's COVID right and so yeah I think think it's kind of you know and I try to be mindful about it because I know that it was very painful and very difficult for a lot of people fortunately for myself I was in a lucky position where I was in an industry that was considered essential so I continued to work Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't have to worry about all the things that a lot of people had to worry about Um, so I consider myself incredibly fortunate and I felt that it would have been almost you know inappropriate for me to waste that and just sit around and feel sorry for myself you know so a lot of people said that you know 2020 was just horrible for them and in a lot of ways it was but there were people that were in good positions like myself that also kind of wasted the time and I didn't want to be that person because there's a there's a lot of things to accomplish in this life and you only have so much time Mm -hmm. you know and I learned that lesson very early on you know uh, life is finite and it's not guaranteed Um, and so that's where it's like every decision that I've made you know even the divorce you know uh, stepping away from that all stemmed from life short you know and so it's like hey if COVID's the thing that takes me out then I'm gonna you know enjoy myself and try and do the best I can with what I've got and till I can't you know yeah, and I remember watching your videos of you on that tiny balcony working out every day and posting. So kind of talk about that program because I've been a little curious about like just what it is that we do. So just to kind of give you a visual, um, Sarah will kind of, um, she'll do videos on her Instagram story after a workout. And she's, all I know is that it's her sweating and a whiteboard with a bunch of marker, red marker writing on it. <laughs> so tell right. me what that is. Right. So um, the the company is called Street Parking, streetparking.com. And um, it is owned by uh, Miranda and Julian Alvarez, who are two former um, competitive CrossFit athletes, right? Got it. So it comes from the CrossFit um origins I guess uh, it's functional fitness you know so it's like you hear CrossFit don't be scared it's not like you're gonna be out there flipping tires in your front yard or whatever it is or on your do. teeny tiny balcony right <laughs> but it's it's the concept of working out doesn't have to be um, long and painful and arduous you know most of those workouts that I do are under half an hour and it's very intense but like I I don't want to spend hours working out and so it appealed to me because it's like you can still get really good results in a very short amount of time. Um, They have different scaled versions, so if you just have no equipment and it's literally you, they have an ability, you know, they have programming daily for you to work out just with your body. Own body weight, yeah. Um, All the way up to if you have all the fancy machines. You know, they release new workouts daily and they have a lot of like special programs and and just kind of fun ways to make it interesting. Um, All it requires is that you show up and you do it, right? You get home and you change out and you just do the work. And yeah, it's the, uh, there's a huge community, you know, it's, you're working out alone, but you're really not because there's a bajillion of these people on, on Facebook and Instagram and they all interact, you know, and so that's where a lot of like my posts, you'll see like interactions is from other community members because just they all you know drank the kool-aid i guess you know it's it's really effective um i'm literally in the best shape of my life you know prior to street parking i would do my own programming which i hated you know i was like okay what am i gonna do today and it was like very detrimental to my process because then i'd get into the gym and just be like you know and it would be super easy to be like yeah i'll go back tomorrow or whatever this there's like nothing you just open the app it tells you what to do and, and you do it and then you're done you know so that's awesome and i will say um 
uh, Sarah's arms are amazing. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. That's her. And it's funny because, you know, yeah, Mark comes home and we, we talk about your arms because they're just in such great shape. <laughs> and it's just, it's just dumbbells, man, dumbbells, lots of burpees. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like, too, you know, through watching your stories on Instagram that I've seen that fitness component, like, obviously, like, it's transformed your body, but what what has fitness done for you, like, on a mental level? Dude, physical fitness is nature's medicine. Like, I really honestly believe, in, and there's a lot of research that backs it up, and I'm not a smart, you know, educated person in that sense, but there's a lot of research out there that points to the positive impacts that physical fitness has on not only your body, right, like everyone wants to look good naked, but also your mind, and... I think that that played a large part in my being able to navigate the most recent chain of events in my life, right? Um, and, and I think that a lot of times people will turn to other sources of comfort, whether it be medication or, you know, overeating or whatever, whatever, to try and, like, heal themselves when really, honestly, if you just get out there and sweat consistently, you know, for the majority of the days in a week, it'll actually help with a whole lot of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's huge. It, it really does help with the mental aspect of things. Well, yeah, and I can, I mean, you're, you're preaching I'm the person that you're preaching to (laughs) because I don't have the healthiest habits and I know what I need to do and I just need to bite the bullet and fucking do it um but just watching you like just seeing and and yeah like you'll you'll repost memes and things about just how exercise can you know for mental clarity for emotional for physical like it's like you said it's it's nature's medicine um so also like it's funny because I've, I've only spent like, I don't know, probably a handful of times with you, like interacting face to face, mostly everything now. I, you know, I see you on Instagram, right. <laughs> but um, you've kind of alluded to in the past, like other, and you've alluded to in, in just talking, just some other challenges that you've had in your life. And I know one of the things you talked about was, uh, is the loss of your brother. Right. So can you kind of just fill us in on what happened and how long ago and just the impact on that yeah definitely um so yeah and he he plays a very important role in how i approach life and how i approach the world you know and like i kind of talked about earlier the universe has a funny way of, of moving things around to uh, to impact a person so my brother sebastian um there was two children me and my brother i was the older one he was the younger one uh, we were three years apart and he was um, out in Utah vacationing, went to go see his girlfriend. And the night before that he was supposed to come home uh, to Arizona, he had gone swimming um, in a reservoir with his girlfriend and another young lady. And um, my brother had been in a car accident a few years earlier um, where he had sustained some pretty severe head trauma. And so he was prone to having seizures. Um, if he got too overexerted. So there would be nights where he worked in a restaurant. There would be nights where we would have to go pick him up because he'd been in the kitchen and it was hot and he got overexerted and had a seizure. Um, Well, he was out uh, swimming in the reservoir and there was a buoy in the middle of the water. And so they were racing to swim out to the buoy while he was at that point overexerted and had a seizure. Um, Now, my brother is a very big kid. So like I'm very stocky and muscular, even though I'm tall. Um, He was like me on steroids. He was just very tall, very big guy. Um, And his girlfriend was very tiny. And thankfully, um, he didn't drag her down when he went down. Um, But he did end up drowning. Uh, And there was nothing she would have been able to do anyway, because he was just, I mean, he was a massive kid. Um, Just solid muscle, very heavy. So yeah, he wound up drowning. Um, and that was 2008, so I was like 22 or 23. Um, and yeah, that night I'd gotten a call from the sheriff's department um, trying to find my father, uh, who was you know living with him at the time. And yeah, that was that was that. So we had to go go pick him up from uh, Utah and bring him back to Arizona. And and how old was he at the time? Uh, so what if I was 20? I think he had just turned 20, 20. So I must have been 23. Yeah, because we had his 20th birthday. Um, at the house and uh, yeah so it was it was pretty bad you know and my parents um, my parents did not fare well right and you know I've always been right the fixer so yeah it was a lot of the the responsibility of organizing that and and doing the funeral and and taking care of everything uh, fell on me there 
Wow, for you at 2023? Right. Um, And I mean, even before that, there was a lot of times that I've been put in positions probably way earlier than I should have in life, but whatever. Um, So yeah, that that was probably my first most intensely personal interaction with death right and and that kind of showed me like hey you know what you could go at any point (laughs) right and so it kind of introduced that that um, urgency of life to me and like my father was a very interesting person he never fully recovered right Um, and he physically just went downhill even worse than he had before over the remaining you know part of the next decade uh, before he passed away in 2016 and so his his lesson to me from that was, one, you can't let something that happens to you impact you over the long time, right? So my father was very bitter about my parents' divorce. That stayed with him for decades after. He was very unhappy about that. And then when my brother died, it just it mm-hmm. just amplified, right? So that taught me that it was important, not only is life short, but then when my dad died, it was like, okay, not only is it short, but you better damn well enjoy the ride because it's going to end, right? And so that was like the sequence of events where it started becoming very clear to me that I needed to make sure that I was taking care of myself, not just everybody else, you know? And when you spend the better part of 30 years on the planet taking care of other people, you get tired. And that's that's where I kind of wound up at the point of the divorce was just like, I can't do this anymore. You know, like I'd spent my entire childhood, my teenage years dealing with family drama and issues and my brother having problems and, and mitigating that. And then to move into like taking on other people's stuff, you know, and it's all completely self-inflicted. That's the beauty yeah. of it is we all do it to ourselves. Um, it's just that that's, I didn't want to live that way anymore. And yeah. And too, and just like recognizing like you wanting to help, which is a great thing can negatively impact yourself. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, and you had to start thinking about you, um, you know, the, talking about your, your brother, um, you know, my, I lost my nephew uh, 10 years ago. And while I kind of wanted to talk to you more about, you know, the impact of what it had on you, maybe more emotionally, because it sounds like you've learned a lot of great things from a traumatic experience. How did it, some of the, I guess, some of the darker side of like that experience? Right. So, I mean, I, my, my response to my brother's passing and even my response when my dad passed away, like looking from the outside in at me, you would be like, holy Christ, this woman can handle a lot of things because on the surface, everything was quite, you know, together. And it goes back to a childhood situation, right? So like, and I don't, I don't advocate people blaming their childhood on you know current events like once you're an adult and you're cognizant and you're aware you have a responsibility to process your trauma and take care of your shit you're not allowed to be like oh well I had a horrible childhood so I could be a piece of shit human no you can't that's not what I'm saying um, but when I was a child I was exposed to a lot of like crisis situations a lot of traumatic events right and so from a very early age I learned how to keep my cool manage situations right and and that's kind of messed up starting at like the age of you know five or six knowing okay this is how you handle this or here's what happens when the police come or whatever whatever um and so by the time my brother had passed away in my early 20s i had had a shitload of experience managing emotion and okay i can't freak out right now because everybody else is freaking out right now i have to keep my shit together and take care of xyz in order for everyone to be okay so by the time he passed away, I was very well seasoned in that, right? Which is dysfunctional I know, as it, hell. I, yeah. but I, I mean, <laughs> but I get it because that's what trauma does. I mean, you, we, um, we create maladaptive behaviors right. to function. Right. So, and it was weird. So the like the whole trip, and it was just it was a cluster of a trip to go get my brother. Um, I cried once and it was we were in Reno and we'd stopped for food because we had to drive back there um we'd stopped in Reno for food and um, everyone else had gone inside and I sat in the car for just a few more minutes and I cried and then it was like okay that's enough back to business you know and that's one part of me that I know is probably 
something that I can continue to work on, right? Like, and I've been doing a lot of reading about um, traumatic experiences and how that manifests in the body and how you can process them later in life. You may not be able to process them at the time they happen, yeah. uh, but they don't go away, right? And it's it's pretty interesting, not only from a, an emotional standpoint, but also like racialized trauma. Like I've done a lot of reading on that lately, and it's been pretty interesting just to see genetically how we hold on to, to things trauma, yeah. to trauma even if it's something that didn't happen directly to us you know if your ancestors or the people before you were were you know in those situations you could be carrying some of that in you so there's been a lot of that that I've been looking at you know in the last year or so just like okay it's always important to look at yourself and be self-aware and be like, okay, what can I work on next? You know, because I think that anytime someone's just like, oh, that's just the way I am, like, that's bullshit. And that's a cop-out, right? Like, we're all responsible to do our own work. And so, you know, that's definitely an area that I know that probably there's something wrong with me and I just haven't figured it out yet because with it's all like, of us. right, you know, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't freak out, I guess. And it's funny because we were talking about, I was talking about this friend of mine, when big shit happens, I don't freak out. I don't, but like little stuff can set me off, you know, and so it's like, I, I because think, that's probably a safer time, right? For you, too. you know, yeah. like it's, you know, it's like, okay, this is fine. I can flip out about this stupid shit, you know, but yeah, so I don't know. It's, um, losing him was very difficult, you know, and, and I think that probably the reason why I survived that was because there were so many people around me that were impacted by it that I never had a chance to even deal with it you know or to, to grieve like everybody else was grieving mm-hmm. there just wasn't time you know yeah. and so like because you went into that mode and yeah. you just kind of yeah. yeah so and I can see where people can you know they withdraw you know and it's a lot of times in childhood trauma like looking at the like the psychiatric evaluations you either have the people that go the path I did which mm-hmm. is like the fixer or you have the people that withdraw and like my brother's reaction to the childhood trauma was he withdrew right so the things that we went through as children he was the one that needed to be cared for, whereas I was the one that took the caregiver type stance. So, I, you know, it, it can go either way. And there's a bajillion theories out there as to why. But Yeah. Well, and, you know, you kind of touched on um, you working, continuing to work on yourself and evolve. And that's one thing I love about you in, you know, watching you through social media is, you know, you, you'll kind of just throw something out there that I don't expect, you know, maybe it's race related. I mean, yeah, the fact that you're reading about, you know, generational racial, you know, trauma is like, for those that are listening, but can't see me, I'm white AF. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that because yeah, I mean, we all need to continue learning about not only ourselves, not only how to handle the things that, you know, we've had to experience, you know, in childhood and continue to experience, but just about others too I mean and I think if more people did the work on themselves the world would be a hell of a lot nicer place to be well yeah because a lot of it is us projecting on it's a (laughs) lot of projection it really is and that's I mean there's okay so there's a movie called Under the Tuscan Sun and Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the heck her name Diane Uh, Diane Lane no Diane Lane I don't know what the hell her name is anyway but yeah so I love that movie it's one of my favorite like movies of all time just the idea of it right and there's this lady that's a you know a supporting role in there and uh she she talks about her relationship with i guess some famous movie director i don't know but she would be like fefe who she's referring to the director fefe always said you know and one of my favorite quotes that stuck with me is to live spherically in many directions all at once right and so there's like sometimes it may look like i'm just like cracked out of my mind getting into all sorts of different things all at the same time but that's you know like that's the cool part about the world is there's so many things to see like there's literally no excuse to be bored on this on this planet right yeah. there's and things aren't always linear like no. you said it's spherical it can go in all the different directions. It ha- doesn't have to be in some kind of order or right. one direction. You know, it's back and forth and in and out and all around. And right. yeah, so I do I do appreciate that because, um, yeah, I just I, I love seeing that, you know, you're you're doing the work and that's important. And then, you know, it motivates me to want to do some work, you know. Right. And so everybody else that's watching your stories or whatever, you know, and that's kind of the thing. You kind of throw things out there of like, this hit me. This resonate with me. You know, resonates with me. I'm throwing it out there, and maybe it'll hit somebody else. Right. You right. know, and that's the cool thing. It's social media. You know, say what you will about it. And it's been kind of fun just seeing the response because I really wasn't on Instagram much before pre-COVID, I guess you could call it. And so the the street parking crew was kind of my 
initial dip into that, but it's the amount of people that reach out and, and talk to me about their their physical fitness or their diet or just tons of stuff. Like, I get messages, and it's just neat, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, I, I don't know, but I know it works for, for me. You, yeah. you know, so it's like, hey, I'm not saying this will work for you, but maybe give it a try or, you know, hopefully something you'll get out of it. But And I think, too, like, I think people really appreciate your bluntness, whether that's either you directly saying something or you posting something that's pretty blunt of like, here, fucking shit or get off the pot, people. Right. Well, it's hard. And that's the thing. Like, we've become, like, I always, one of my favorite things to do when, especially like if I'm driving down in southern Arizona, because it's just like there's nothing but fucking desert and cactus and stuff, you know, is think about how soft we are as humans, right? We are so comfortable and people don't know how to be uncomfortable anymore. And that's one of my major drivers is just like, make yourself uncomfortable do the scary thing because the more you do the scary thing the more you realize you can handle right and so that's a lot of like putting myself out there with you know whether it's something at work or something in my personal life like that's that's just it you know because people back in the day like traveling through the desert with no ac and no you know no ways they don't have google maps to tell them where to go like we, none of us would have survived for five minutes. Like, we would have been fucked. Everyone would have been dead. It would have been done. But, like, that's the that's where you grow. That's where it gets better. It's like learning, you know, teach myself how to run or doing the master's. You know, any of this stuff. Like, all these things that I'm doing is on purpose to make myself uncomfortable because the more comfortable you get with being uncomfortable, the better human you're going to be. You know, the more prepared you're going to be. And I think, too, that's one thing, one positive thing from COVID. I, I feel like it hit a lot of people in myself included of of just that you know just go for it mentality like what the hell do you have to lose we were in a pandemic you know I people lost people in this whole thing and like you said that puts things into perspective and for me I was like I'm doing the fucking podcast right yeah exactly (laughs) you know I don't care how crazy you all (laughs) think I am this makes me really happy and it's fun for me and I want to do it. Right. And, and, if, and and telling myself like, and it's okay if it sucks and it's okay if people don't like it, but you can at least say, you know what? I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. And it, you know, it may turn out to be nothing. It may turn out to be, you know, my super hobby. I don't know, but um, just giving ourselves that permission to just, and I, and through that, like, I think once you start to work on yourself and find your inner strength and inner voice, you want to help you want to right. like get send that message out to everybody right. and I noticed like with my girlfriends I'm like do it do it <laughs> do it <laughs> whatever it is yeah you want to do that go for it and I want to be the biggest cheerleader to everybody mm-hmm. and I can see that in you as well you know you're mm-hmm. like just do it it's going to be okay and and yeah it's going to be uncomfortable because it's funny I um there's a quote and it's funny because it's on a commercial. It's on a Lexus commercial. Yeah. But um, it's from Emmanuel Acho, who's, um, I think he's a former NFL player. He's the one that was doing those uncomfortable conversations with the black man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that. Mm-hmm. But the quote in the Lexus commercial is, um, "Nothing. everything great is birth in discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to, you have to sit with the uncomfortableness. 100%. You know, you've mentioned shadow, your shadow set. You have to you have to sit with all that stuff too. Like I can preach how, you know, harmonious and peace and love I am, but I have a dark side and I have right. to accept that and work on those things as well. Right. Um, you know, I'm starting to get really good at identifying ego when mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm looking at things or I'm being judgy, I'm like, oh, that that's it. That's bitchy ego. Mm-hmm. That's not you. That's ego. You know, put her ass in check. Right. Or that's just, you know, that's my shadow side and that's that's just triggering me but just trying to be more you know um, conscious of of that right. so but yeah I do love all the work that you're you're doing um I think it's great and um I love how you project that too onto the world oh yeah dude everyone can be better like and that's the thing like you don't people approach things with a scarcity mindset and this is something that I am beating myself with right now is the scarcity mindset, right? So the the conditions that I grew up in as a child and are, again, like how your brain and how your approach to life develops as a child can have massive impact on how you are as an adult. And one of those things is a scarcity mindset. We never had enough. There was no money. There was not enough love. There was not enough whatever. There wasn't enough hours in the day, time, what, and 
and that's carried through into my life, right? And so I know that a lot of times I offer from, operate from a scarcity position. But the beauty is that, like, you don't have to be that way. Everybody can win. There is literally enough, and I'm not talking about, like, fucking participation trophies for everybody. <laughs> That's stupid, and that's that's probably why the world's kind of screwed up right now, actually. But that's like another episode, right? That's a whole other episode. But but like you can you can encourage people to do the hard thing, right? Like, hey, if I can do this, if I can do this on my second floor balcony of my apartment, and it's hot as balls in Arizona, and I'm dying because I'm not, I'm an office. And you're inhaling smoke from the fire, right? And there's like the bighorn fire is like in my yard, you know? Like, then anybody can do that, and that's the thing. I think people overcomplicate the fuck out of stuff, and it's really simple like you can do it you just have to do it and Andy Frisella is um, somebody that you know you can look up on Instagram or, or whatever he's the owner of first form supplements um, and it's I think it's at Andy Frisella on Instagram um, he has a, a podcast and he talks about your bitch voice and and getting control of your bitch voice in your head it's like oh my god it's too hard I can't do it well, of course he says it way cooler than me but that's what my bitch voice sounds like like oh my god it's so hot outside um and learning how to harness that because when you learn how to harness that you can actually do anything you want but it's a matter of getting out of your own way to do it and so that's a lot of the reasons why I post the videos because at the end of the day no one fucking cares how I did in my workout. Nobody cares. They're going to look at the whiteboard and be like, I don't even know what half those words mean. Right? Um, hello. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> my mom would call me and be like, why are you writing snatch on the internet? Oh, Not that kind God, of snatch. But it's like, you know, like I want people to understand that they it's it's attainable. You know, a lot of the time, like fitness influencers or nutrition influencers online, they get done working out and they look like they haven't done shit. Like their makeup's still intact, whatever. Dude, I look like a hot dumpster fire when I'm finished. And it's like, you know what? But that's the thing. Like people need to understand the reality of the situation. Is there hard work involved? Yes, there is. But on the other side of that hard work, you get to enjoy the good stuff. You're gonna have people telling you, you know, at the restaurant that your arms look good or whatever. Um, if that's what you want, you know? And, and to me, it's not even the aesthetic of it. It's the sheer, physical fitness and health of it. Um, my father was an incredibly unhealthy individual. He passed away in 2016. I, what, how old was he? Like 61, I think. Um, COPD, type 2 diabetes, all sorts of you mm -hmm. know, congestive heart failure. The guy was a hot mess express, right? And he never did anything to help himself. And like, there are certain conditions that are, you know, imminent. Like you're going to whatever. Like that's the luck of genetics, the luck of the draw. But there's a lot of shit that people have that it's self-inflicted, right? Mm -hmm. And so I sat with my father through all of his amputations and all of the hospital visits and the emergency room visits and so on and so forth and the rehabilitation and physical therapy every time. And, you know, it got to the point where he couldn't move. And that's a shitty thing to watch another human not be able to move. And the worst part of it was it was by his own hand. Yeah, from choices. From choices. Mm -hmm. Choices about his diet. I mean, stupid easy shit. Like, everyone makes health so difficult, and it's not hard. It's not. It's super easy. Eat well, eat whole foods, exercise. It's literally that basic. Like, and we all know it. Like you said earlier, you know, <laughs> you know, we all know. It's just doing it, right? And so watching him go through that... It was like I had always been a relatively healthy person, but it was like, no, 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 this is not for me. I am not going to be 60 years old and be in a wheelchair and spend half my year in the hospital. And no. So that's where a lot of my focus on health comes from. It's not so much a, I want to look hot naked as a I want to be able to still move around freely in my 60s, you know, yeah. which I don't think is a big ask, you know. Yeah. No, and you're right. And now I just need to go move. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a walking podcast interview next time. I did get some new shoes, though, and they feel great on my feet when I do run. <laughs> oh, my God, running. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's funny. You, you know, you're talking about your videos and stuff, and I had to, I was going to say, but I didn't want to interrupt you, but the Muppet hair. Muppet you know, hair. that you when her hair is kind of messy, she calls it the Muppet hair, and it's pretty funny. But, no, you put yourself out there, and, and yeah, like, and, like, I've talked about you know, something as simplistic as you posting your videos. And yeah, you're like, no one's looking at my numbers, but someone that, you know, that's right. that's gonna impact somebody on some level somewhere. And that's when you get those DMs about like, hey, tell me more about this or, right. you know, and that's all, that's all we can do for one another. Right. You know, and that there's room. I know we talked about 
no participation trophies. But no, there's room for everyone to win. Right. You know, it, everything doesn't have to be a competition, um, especially when it comes to women. I know we, right. and I don't know if that comes from that scarcity mindset what or, you know, what that is, but trying to really not look at everybody as being a threat or, right. you know, competition. Everyone, there's a space for everyone to do whatever they want and be successful at. Right. So, so what currently... Because you've talked about your past and, and a lot of, you know, motivating things of what, that motivate you now. But what currently motivates you in your growth, you know, just in your personal growth and you continuing to move forward in this life? Right. So I don't like to um, I don't like to be stagnant. You know, there's always something to do, always something to learn. And I think that that's one of the biggest, most important things is to never stop learning. Because it's like once you think you know it all, you're donezo. Like you're never going to move forward. And like what's the point of living if you're not growing? If you're not growing, you're dying. Like this is, this yeah. is how it is, right? And so it's honestly just like, hey, can I tackle that? Let's try it. You know, like the, the, the half marathon thing. So um, December of last year... The most I had ever run was three miles. I was asthmatic as a kid. Didn't like, I don't like running. I still don't like running. Anyone that tells you that I like running is full of shit. It's well, horrible. just a little crazy. In my yeah, head. right? God bless them. We'll pray for them. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you see something and you go, can I do that? Yeah, yeah, I can. You know, and it's like, so December, I signed up for a half marathon in March of the following year, which was like three months at the end of December to March. And I had three months to figure out how to go from three and four miles to 13 miles. And it's just like, can you accomplish it? And that was just you on your own. Like you weren't yeah. working with somebody, you weren't training with somebody. You were just, you just. I found a plan on Pinterest. Hey. <laughs> the source of all medical information. <laughs> And training programs. And life, life recipes. <laughs> yeah, so it was like literally I'm like, okay, how many weeks do I have until this this race? And then it's like, okay, well, this plan on Pinterest is like a week shy of that, but that's fine. We'll just do that. Um, and so, yeah, just putting a lot of time in, but it's just being fascinated with life. You know, I think a lot of times we get very jaded with life you know like a lot of people spend way too much time watching tv right and so they're so absorbed in these other realities that they forget to kind of look around at the reality that they're in and it's pretty fucking amazing like if you think for even just like your own body and, and how it's made and how it operates and how it can heal itself like if you really stop and think about it and this is me and my whole woo woo shit um the universe is pretty crazy right <clears throat> And so that's just kind of my thing is like, I always like look around and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Let me learn about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that's just, I guess, how I approach life, you know. That's awesome. Okay, well, we are winding down and this is my last question that I usually ask my guests. So how do you see yourself, okay, using your gifts or your strengths um, to help contribute to the greater collective? What's going to be your footprint? you know, that you leave? You know, if at the end of it all, whenever I'm done, whenever the, you know, the call comes and you're, you're, you know, we're taking your last breath, at the end of it all, if there is just people anywhere, even if it's just one person, if there are people out there that were like, hey, my life was made better because of this person, then that's good for me. You know, and that can be anything. It can be like, hey, you know, she was nice to me that one time when I was having a bad day at the Starbucks. Like, I might not even know who the fuck it was. But, like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, or, like, just, just that. You know, like, hey, that was a solid person, and she helped me out. That's, so just, like, your energy, just your being, yeah, you know. Whatever it is. However, if I helped you move or whatever, you're having a mental breakdown. Did a spreadsheet for a spreadsheet. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, She's an analyst. She, like, lives in spreadsheets. That's what I do. <laughs> Big old paid nerd. But, yeah, no, it's... I just want to help people and, you know, and however that translates out in the universe is, yeah. that's my jam. And that's awesome because, I mean, I think that's at the, at the bottom line of everything, like, that's just all anybody wants. Just put some good energy out in the world and whoever it sticks to and it touches, that's, you know, who it touches. And, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, with this podcast, you know, something that I've, I've wanted to do. And it's funny, you know. Everyone I interviewed is kind of like, why aren't you asking me? Like, I know, you know, it's probably, and it's funny, I get 
all pumped up to send out, you know, like when I sent the, the text to you of like, uh, okay, uh. I'm going to hit send to her and I hope she thinks I'm not crazy. Um, and you were super responsive, but I know on some level people are like, well, what are you going to talk to me about? But I think for me, it's finding that, you know, for a long time, I'm a reality TV junkie. Right. For a long time, I'm like, oh, you know, interesting is out there. Right. You know, and when I started kind of brainstorming about this podcast, it finally hit me that it's not. It's all around you. Right. You know, um, you just have to look. You have to stop and, and recognize it in other people. Right. And um, that, you know, that everyone around us has something that they've experienced, you know, that other people can relate to, um, whether it's good or bad or, you know, but just how they process that, how they got through that, how, what did they learn from that, right. you know? So, um, yeah, that's, and, you know, just, I mean, like I said, all of this just came from me watching your damn stories on Instagram. So, I mean, we, we do put, you know, and it's funny, I just kind of on a side note, I wanted your opinion on, cause I feel like there's a big cultural difference between Instagram and Facebook hmm. and who I am and who I show on Instagram is mm-hmm. more me mm-hmm. where Facebook it's it's very like surface level right. so it's like if you have access to me on Instagram you're you're getting the real me right. like that's me those are my those are my thoughts and opinions and real that's time. kind of where I stand on stuff because it's always just me reposting memes or some kind of right. you know quote or something um but yeah, so like, and I don't even, are you even active on Facebook or not? Yeah, so I, I shut my Facebook down during the divorce just because that wasn't going so yeah. well for anybody. Um, and I'd recently opened it back up and I was actually kind of uh, discouraged by Facebook, honestly. Um, it seems more just political and there's a lot more negative energy. Like yeah. I feel like Instagram and I mean there's a fair share of the tinfoil hat club running around on Instagram <laughs> too, right? And like I have my moments where I pop that thing on my head cuz you know, it's it's fun to be that way. But like I feel like Facebook has become very not good, you know. Yeah. And like I've actually thought about just getting rid of it completely, but it's like there's a certain faction of my family that only exactly. operates there, and so I'm like, okay. But then it's like now it's become a study of well, why do I care if they can see what I'm doing? Like what what does this mean? So like I'm even like I'm, I'm analyzing that. Like I'm I have a sickness. I just no. overthink everything. <laughs> and I'm totally, I'm totally there with you, and that's how I am. Like I do have a lot of family, like aunts and cousins and uncles and stuff like that that are on Facebook and that's where they operate and then Instagram and my mom you know she totally noticed she's like um you post really different stuff on Instagram and I'm like yeah and I'm like for me it's almost like yeah like I'm I'm limiting my access right I mean I can do it on Facebook but um for whatever reason Instagram feels just a lot more authentic and and what I have learned from this whole thing especially with how political facebook got and just all the craziness um i am being super mindful of what i'm allowing myself to look at and see i have now my whole feed is literally mindfulness the universe Mm -hmm. astrology like it's all positive stuff so i'm not allowing like that negative it's 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 funny it's literally like universe stuff and sports (laughs) (laughs) well and a little bit of the shade room there you go no it's I mean and that's the thing so like people talk about your your physical health right and that's kind of the thing that people forget about a lot is your mental portion of that right and so it's like making sure that you have the trifecta in in position that you're emotionally set you're mentally set you're physically set right and and that mental health portion of it is very huge and you don't even realize how much and I mean there's like again we all know better there's a gajillion studies out there that talk about the shit that you see on you know social media can negatively impact you mm-hmm. significantly um, but yet people don't set those boundaries and I think that that's huge is to filter the inputs just like you wouldn't put a bucket of shit on the table and be like, I'm going to eat this bucket of shit. Like, no, you're going to be like, wow, totally not eating that. Right. (laughs) But yet you'll sit there and let your freaking toxic ass Dia like talk shit to you on social media or whatever. And like, I just, you know, you got, uh, you nailed it, girl. Yeah. Like it's, it's still inputs. Like you wouldn't eat rotten food just like you shouldn't be taking in. And it's true. You know, like I, I don't have TV. That is a very, very, 
that's a choice, like, especially in this uh, Like a age, radical choice. Yeah, people are like, what the fuck? You know, like, and so I have a Netflix subscription. I have an iPad. If there's something that I want to watch, that's what I'll do, but I don't watch it because it's like, I would rather see what's going on out here mm-hmm. in the real world than, you know, invest myself in something that, like, I'm going to lose two hours and at the end of it, eh, did I gain anything from it? Now, there's some pretty neat stuff out there. Like, I'm not knocking all of TV, but if you want to spend your time mindlessly scrolling on Facebook and looking at stuff that's not going to make you a better person, that's fine. But that's how you're choosing to spend your time. You want to spend your time watching a television show that at the end of it you haven't learned anything or become a better person? That's fine. You know, like, and there's some, there's fluff TV shows out there, you know, like, I'm not beyond watching, like, the graded, you know, English Bake Off or whatever, you know, like, I'll watch that kind of stuff, or, like, I'll go to someone's house and see QVC on, and I'm like, whoa, that looks like a good deal. <laughs> but, like, I choose to limit the amount of exposure I have to that, you know? Same thing with Instagram and Facebook. Like, I have those apps on my phone, but I'm very curated about who I follow and what I'm watching you know because I want the things that are going into me to reflect the life that I want to have out here so the people I follow are typically people that are exercising or making good decisions whatever whatever um, because that's what I want in my life and I think that if you want things to be a certain way you have to bring that to yourself you know no one's going to hand it to you and the universe is going to be like boop you're going to be in great shape and you're going to look fabulous and you're going to eat clean no you have to like you have to put the energy in if that right. whatever I mean and that's like the whole basis of like manifesting everything right you know the energy that you put out is what's going to come back to you right you know so so yeah even if it's it's something as stupid as like your freaking racist ass aunt on facebook you're like yeah no this is cool like you're my aunt but that doesn't mean i have to see this because i don't need that in my brain you absolutely know? absolutely yep wow well we have met our time i want to thank you so much for number one driving all the way out here because <laughs> you're in the northwest and I'm in the southeast. Yeah, so, um, but I appreciate it, and I'm I'm so glad that you know you said yes. Hell yeah! Um, dude. I hope you had fun. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> we had a couple of you know some glitches here and there, but you know, thank God for editing. So, right. um, but yeah, I'm so I'm I'm excited to continue watching your journey on Instagram, and hopefully, you know, now with everything kind of opening up, you know, we are are. Um, other friends, you know, we can all get together again. Like a normal social circle where we're yes. not all like, ew, don't touch me. Yeah, although we did do an outdoor movie. That one was... That was fun. That was yeah. fun. It was interesting um, seeing how people got creative with stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, and of course, drinks just always make everything better. But. We're on that. That is truth. <laughs> all the truth. All right. Well, thank you for showing up and, you know, telling your stories and, and being authentic and, you know, hopefully... As with every episode, I hope, you know, this resonates with somebody and just be what they needed to hear. So, all right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and special thanks to Diver City for my theme music. If you like what you hear, please follow me on my Instagram at Life Undefined Podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time.